we are talking about the mental game. And um, this, actually, he and I were having a conversation about this, is it the society today and how we have handled our students and our children in schools and uh, the politically correct thinking, uh, cancel culture, thinking, all of this stuff um, has really produced a mentally weak society. And I'm not saying that everybody is mentally weak. I'm saying that as you watch it, especially as a pastor, I'll watch it. People are not able to control their thoughts. They're not able to have a strong will. They're not able to mm. see things to completion. Uh, not everybody, but a lot of people. Mm. And uh, so today we wanted to talk about the mental game. It's been a subject that keeps coming up, keeps coming up, keeps coming up. Mm. I have never seen, and, and here's why, I have never seen the attacks on the mind like I have in the last two and three years. And this, it was really starting before COVID, but oh my goodness, since then, it's just amped up to another level. And uh, the issue is, without a strong mind, we won't win these spiritual battles. And so mm -hmm. we've got to grow the strength of our mind. And the first place of growing something and changing is to recognize where you are. So yeah. if you're not self-aware, so if somebody just goes, no, our society's fine and we, we, our mental strength is not a problem at all, then you're never going to face the reality. You know, in our leadership training, one of the things we say, growth without change is impossible. But then we say, in order to change, you have to face reality. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't just like push stuff under the rug or that thing's going to come back and bite you. You have to face reality. And the truth is every one of us can grow in our mental strength and be strong in our mental game. God gives us that ability and he'll help us do those things, but we need to go after that. We need to go after that. We need to recognize it. And uh, you had, I'd ask you to pull up uh, that verse. Will you find that? Was, was it Proverbs 23, 26, I think you said? Yeah. Proverbs but, 23, 7. 23, 7. Um, so one of the things that you see is that, you know, for example, Joyce Meyer wrote a book called The Battlefield of the Mind. And so if our mental game is weak, then we're not going to win these spiritual battles because that is where the battle takes place. And what you see in the three parts of man is, uh, specifically you can see this in Romans 7 at the end of the chapter, our flesh man is throwing input into the mind and it can it our flesh man is connected to uh, corruption and to sin and the devil and our spirit man is throwing thoughts and input to our mind and if you're born again, then your spirit man is connected to the Holy Spirit, connected to righteousness and holiness. So in the mind, that is where that, that takes place. That is where the battle takes place. And uh, we need to make sure that it is correct. So um, let's get that camera a little bit more centered than it is. So um, one of the things that you see is that the, the mental game plays a significant role in our triumph and our victory. Yeah. And the devil wants us to be 
significantly weak yeah. in our mental game. The devil does not want you strong. He does not want you to have a strong will against him. He doesn't want you to have a strong mind that mm -hmm. takes thoughts captive. Um, you know, we'll look at 2 Corinthians 10 in a minute. You know, the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, you know, but they are supernatural, and those weapons of our warfare many times process in our mind. And uh, this verse right here is something that we really need to understand and think about. If you'll go ahead and read that. Yeah. Uh, Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, For as he thinks within himself, so he is. So in the King James, it said, As a man thinketh, so is he. As a man thinks, so is he. So we are, we are the product of our thoughts. Yeah. That, that scripture... We are the products of our thoughts. What we think is who we are. Now, here's the thing. I'm not saying, and, there's, and this, is, this is very important. I'm not saying that when the devil comes and tempts you with one passing thought or doubt comes in, that you are a person full of doubt. What I'm saying is what you do with those thoughts as a man thinks on the thoughts that come to him that decides who he is. And we yeah. see that in the context of the word. Because one of the tricks that the devil uses is he'll throw a doubt or a temptation of sin in somebody's brain, and then he'll go, oh, look, you're so bad, you know. Yeah. But we're actually the righteousness of God in Christ. Yeah. And so at that moment, if we're not mentally strong to say, I'm not bad, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, yeah. And I reject your silly little temptation. I reject your sorry thought that you just put. Now what we're doing is we're taking that thought captive. We're thinking on things worthy of praise. And we become what we think. So what we think is very important. Not the passing thought that we have to take authority over and take captive. That's not who we are. It's do we take it captive. That's who we are, right? It's not the thought that he's trying to tempt you with. It's the thought that you take captive or you let it loose. That's, that's who you are. And so we must be mentally strong. And I, I've said this through the years, and I'll keep on saying it because it's true, is I have watched the most successful and gifted people in the kingdom of God that I've seen around me uh, get sunk because they couldn't take their thoughts captive. Time and time and time and time. And I'm thinking, that was the most anointed person that's come through our doors. That was the most gifted. I would, I, there's some people I would say, they're even more gifted than I am. They're more gifted than me. I'm, and I'm okay with that. They're more gifted. But they couldn't hold their thoughts together. Their mental game was weak. And they, and they weren't able to do it. So how important is it for us to get control of our thinking and be mentally strong and have that strong will. Yeah. yeah well, what's, um, what was just coming to my mind is, you know, the Bible tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and mm -hmm. perfecter of our faith. That's Hebrews 12, 2, or Hebrews 12, 2. Yeah. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Well, I can't physically fix my eyes on Jesus right now because I, I don't physically see him. Right. But what, what, what they're talking about is fixing your attention, you know, fixing your, yeah. your you know, fixing your attention. And, 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 you know, I always think about, you know, the, just the, the reality that if I'm riding a bike 
and I'm looking at the tree that I don't want to hit, what's going to eventually happen is I'm going to gravitate to where my focus is on. That's right. And, and you know, that's yeah. a, a lot of what he's saying. Like whenever, you know, sure. Solomon wrote, you know, as a man thinks, so it's, you gr- naturally gravitate towards what you're meditating and focusing and fixing yes. your eyes on. You know, that, and, and it, it, it works in, in another sense when, like, I, I heard of a study that someone did, and they just put a person in a field, uh, blindfolded them, and told them to walk in a straight line. Yeah. And so as they started walking straight, and then as they're walking, they began to bend off to the left and then off more to the left, and then they actually ended up just going around in circles. Because their mm-hmm. their focus wasn't they didn't see where they were going and yeah. they ended up just spinning in circles and yeah. so like if like um and, and so like it, on the other aspect of you know where is your focus if your focus is just flippantly on nothing you know if you're not even mentally meditating or trying to just not think about anything yeah. or yeah. focus your mind on anything not like the word or what God's saying or the vision that God's given you but yes. you're just like oh it's gonna be whatever it is. That's those are the people that just begin to go in cycles and, yes. and they fall backwards, yes. they go forward, they fall backwards and life is just this big old, you know, repetitious yeah. rut, you know, yeah. and, and people can get discouraged in that aspect. But when when we have our mindset on the word and our mindset on what God's told us and called us to do and we're fixing our eyes yes. on Jesus and on what he said and on what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we're going to we're going to go somewhere and, and, you know, but if we're fixing our eyes on a potential problem that might come our way, we'll just naturally gravitate towards the yeah. problems yeah. rather than gravitate towards the victory, which yeah. is only found in Christ. And when I did um, when I did the it was a little bit over a year ago, I did the motorcycle course and the motorcycle class to go study and then also skills to build to get my license. Um, one of the main things that they said was Whatever you look at, you're going to go there. So when you're going into the curve, uh, you you can't look at the problem of all oh, that curves coming up fast. You got to look through the curve because where you turn your head, mm-hmm. you will go. It's a it's a natural phenomenon, e- even in our flesh. What you look at is where you'll go. So if I'm and, and it was so true. If I would if I would look. And I see the curve coming up. I'm like, oh, the curve's coming up. I just go straight there, right where I'm looking. But if I, if even in the exact same speed and everything, I'd look where I want to go, I'd, I'd find myself going there, you know. And so where we look and yeah. where our where our mind is set is where we will be. And um, you know, the Bible teaches us, and the and the Bible shows us these principles. So. When we're in the middle of going through life, when we're in the middle of going through life and the devil, and we go, oh my gosh, that's such a bad problem. It's like we're setting ourselves <laughs> to go straight into the problem, you yeah. know? Uh, but if we'll go, oh no, problem, Jesus, you know, and yeah. we and we look at Jesus, yeah. all of a sudden we're going to go towards him. We're going to have that solution. Mm-hmm. That's the way it works. And that's why the more that we meditate, on the Word of God, the more that we put the Word of God into our mind and into our our inner man and yeah. into our core, right, the heart of who we are, yeah. the more we do that, the more that when we get squeezed and the problem comes up, our mind goes, oh, no, we have a promise. Oh, no, I'm the saved of the Lord. Oh, no. you know. So all of a sudden, we have all of these things that are working yeah. instead of not working for us. So amen. Yeah. 
had come up to me is Pastor Robert Morris had actually done the study as well of, or an example in a sermon illustration that he had of look around the room and I want you to like stare at the room for like 30 seconds and tell me every single thing that's blue in the room. And so you had like 30 seconds to do it and then close your eyes, try to reimagine what's red. You know, like he, he told them to specifically th- mm-hmm. look at the blue and then try and think of the red. And they couldn't do it because yeah. their their perspective had been so much like that. So it's not just what had come up to me is it's not just a physical location that you get to or just all of a sudden problems come yeah. upon. You can literally create even more problems by not uh, disciplining the mind to focus on those things worthy of praise yeah. too. You know, it's like if Abby did something that I didn't like and I just kept thinking on, I don't like that Abby was singing in the office today. Well, I needed to do work. I don't like that Abby was singing in the office today. I don't like that. All of yeah. a sudden, it would just get so big and big and big because my focus was on one small little thing that was irritating right. instead of all the other things worthy of praise. And I don't think I'd really comprehended how valuable praise was until I heard that message. Because I like, I was like, I want to disprove that. Like, no, I can think of yeah. the red stuff, and I couldn't because I had focused yeah. so much on the blue yeah. that there was no red in my brain at all. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it was. I think that they go hand in hand. It's not just you look at a bad thing and you get there, but you. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of times it can start because you just meditated on a bad thought. Yeah. And then all of a sudden your eyes gravitate and you leave. But those individual thoughts like they're they're huge the small foxes are big that's exactly what I was about to say it's the small fox that spoils the vine it's not the huge one that you're like oh this is a very negative thought that I need to get out it normally starts with just small thoughts of meditating on I really didn't like that this person did this today or you know why did God let this like little small thing happen or whatever it is it Why can, does an avocado keep the salt on top of it? Uh, Man. Starts as that. I love you. That was Marky <laughs> this morning. Um, but not that. No. But like just small things and then they snowball. And God knew that. Yeah. God, that's why he wrote it in the Bible. <laughs> yep. The end. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, again, as a man thinks so is he. And so if we will learn to control our thoughts, then uh, we will become who God wants us to be. And remember what he told Joshua. He said, meditate on my law or my word day and night, and then you will make your way successful. And so when the devil throws something at us and we just, you know, a thought at us and we just jump into that thought, that's the last thing that we need to be doing. The same thing uh, with Peter when he's walking on the water. You know, he's walking on the water already. You're already there. You're already at success. See, we can be at success, but then change our mindset. And that's what he did. He started looking at the wind and the waves instead of Jesus, and he started to sink. Um, you know, we're in the uh, we're reading the Bible through in a year. We just started it this past week, and. Uh, I was reading, and Buddy and I were talking about this this morning, you know, and I I found something very interesting in the story of Cain and Abel, and that is the devil, as much as he wants to steal, kill, and destroy, he couldn't just go kill Abel. 
You know, he couldn't just wipe them out. He had to use a man to do that, right? He he couldn't. So don't give the devil more credit than he has, you know, than, than he should have. You know, it's like he shouldn't have any credit in our mind whatsoever, but he still had, and he had to get Cain to kill Abel. Now, here's the interesting thing, though. How did he do it? How did he do it? He got Cain in his head. He used the same, see, it's the same tricks that worked back at, with Cain and Abel that he's still using today. All of a sudden, Cain, when you look at it in Genesis, Cain started thinking, I'm not good enough. He started thinking, uh, God likes my brother more. And you can see that in Scripture. My, my offering's not good enough. And his countenance fell. And then over a period, so the devil's in his head. And he's not taking those thoughts captive. And you can see it from the context of the story. And all of a sudden, he kills them. Like, what? It, think about that. He can go from being fine you know, uh, he didn't honor and esteem God in the offering. You know, that's really where it started. But then it amplified when he got in his head. And when he got in his head, his countenance fell. And God just told him, God said, if you'll just do well, won't your countenance be lifted up? In other words, your thoughts, everything, your life will be lifted up. Won't that be lifted up? But think about this. He was okay and fine. And then he went from being okay and fine to being a murderer simply because of his thoughts not being what they should have been. His thoughts should have been different towards God in the offering, and then his thoughts should have been different. Like, I just need to fix this. I just need to change it. Like, God's not mad at me. I just need to change this. But instead of doing that, he just thought on how bad he was and how, how much God liked Abel. And those thoughts took him all the way to being a murderer. How, how strong are our thoughts? How strong is this mental game, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a game. It's, it's not a joke. And uh, we need to up our game so that we're, we don't fall prey to it. Yeah. So. It's funny to me because um, I'm, I'm listening because this is something that I've struggled in a lot and I've needed to grow in. So, uh, of course, even today, I'm making sure that I'm listening and everything. But... Um, for me, what has stood out to me, especially recently, is how much my flesh has fought this. Uh. Like, um, it's just bucked even the message of this, even the truth of this. As it's in, I mean, you guys have seen it. You've seen my moments of me bucking the message and being like, I don't like that. I don't want to do that. But, you know, th just thinking on things worthy of praise and stuff. Like that, my flesh did not want to do that. My flesh did not like that. It really, and it obviously was just trying to keep me in bondage. Yeah. But the very yeah. thing that I've been needing to hear so much, my flesh has been like, no, yeah. like so strongly. But so, I mean, I, I want to be honest in that. It's not like, oh, I, like my flesh loves this. <laughs> like yeah. my flesh wants to do all of this. Yes, this is so great. Like, right. like no, there's e even in winning at this, I have to win that even just listening to it and being humble to yeah. it and opening yeah. myself up to it. Because if I'm not, if I'm not opening myself up to it, I'm, I'm losing before I even start. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, 
growth without change is impossible. So it, it's like one of those things where a lot of times when we see, and this is this is the mental game, you know, ultimately you had a mental thing going on there in that in that battle of the mind when you actually hear this is what to do and it's scripture and it's God's word, but your brain from habits and old beliefs, you're crossing that comfort zone and from habits and old beliefs, you're going, no, this is, no, no, um, uh, I, no, this is not right. And it's like totally right, but our brain, and that's where we have to take those thoughts captive and cast those imaginations down. That is an imagination set up against God's word, and we have to cast that down. We can't just sit in there, you know? And uh, so one of, the, one of the major pieces of that is just how we will, we will go forward and recognize our thought processes, recognize. And, and I've said this many times before, and I want you to meditate on I want you to think about this thought, but even the weight that we carry, how heavy is this, how hard is life, that's all mental. Yeah. It's all mental. It's all mental. And so it's not because who, where is the heaviness and the, the weight determined? It's in our mind, you know, because we can go into a situation and we've seen this before, you know, and I've, I've, I've laughed at y'all at moments and I, and I was the same way and I was at the same place, but you're handling something, you're going through something for the first time and to you, you've never faced it before. And so because you've never faced it, it feels heavy. It feels heavy. And there's mm -hmm. the big difference. It's not heavy. It feels heavy. Because, see, the heaviness is really determined by who's picking up the weight, right? The heaviness is determined by who have I determined to pick up the weight. If yeah. I'm picking up the weight and it's a bigger item than I can lift, then it's heavy. But the issue is... Jesus says, come to me, and I'm gentle and humble. Take my yoke upon you. Do it my way, and I will make it, basically, I'm paraphrasing, I'll make it easy and light. He says, cast your cares on me. So the moments when we say, I can't, you know, this is not working, it's too much, it's too heavy, is really a mental game of us thinking that we're the one carrying the weight instead of taking the weight and casting it on Jesus. And so y'all go through something. And, and of course, when I went through it, it felt that way too. But you'll go through something and I'll just start laughing. And you're like, what? And like to you, it's very real and, it's ve and it feels weighty. But I know the truth of the matter is, if you'll just cast that on God, what you are thinking is heavy, and that's why it's humorous, what you're thinking is heavy is so light. It's yeah. just it's just a deception that it's hard and heavy, yeah. and it's something you'll go straight through if we just do the things God wants us to do. And yeah. so then what will happen is once you do it two or three times, does it weigh as much? Same circumstance, same problem, same issue, same burden, same weight, but it doesn't weigh as much to you. Why? Your mind has changed on it. Your mind has changed. You know, so... I can remember when we first started doing the doing the broadcast, you know, um, 
You know, we've never done the broadcast before. You know, many of y'all, you've not been in front of a camera as much as you have been in the past couple of years, you know? And and you're like, okay, uh, all right, what do I do right? And I can remember all of the, like, nervousness and, like, everybody wanting to get it just right. And if you look back at it, because we're carrying weight, the broadcasts are just not that not as good. Yeah. But now that we're relaxed in it and we're, because we're like, yeah, we'll do the show and if we miss it, God will help us, you know, yeah. and he will. We're not trying to miss it. We're, we're aiming for excellence all the time, but, and, and to go higher and to do it better. And that's why you always see improvements on the broadcast. But the issue is now we've done it for two years. Mm-hmm. Now we've done it for two years. We're not, we're not brand new at it. It looks different. It feels different, you know? And, um, so this is one of those moments where we have to just say, you know, what we thought was so hard at the beginning is was not really hard. We just needed to do it and go through it. And that heaviness will fade off of that, but it fades faster if we'll cast that care and say, you know what, this isn't my weight to carry anyway. Yeah. You know? So think about this. What made what made the weight of walking on water harder to Peter? He was walking on water because the first thing he didn't think about it being hard, he just listened to the word. He heard the word and stepped out on the word and he walked. But then when he started thinking about it, he looked around and wind and wave, wind, waves. Oh no, you know, it's like the like the Wizard of Oz, you know, lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, you know, and all of a sudden he went from being okay and walking on the water doing the supernatural to you know, sinking. Why? Oh, because he got in his head and he started thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. So really what we need to do is we need to change the way we think about things. Yes. Like when yeah. our perception is one way, we just, all we need to do is just switch it. Yes. You know, the, yeah. Well, like uh, Romans 12 verse 2 says, mm. um, do not be conformed to this world. Basically, don't think the way the world thinks. Don't yes. look at things the way the world looks at things. He says, basically, he's saying there's a better way. He said, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, which is good, acceptable, and perfect. So yeah. what are we changing our mind to? The reality that God's will in whatever the situation is, is good, yes. it's acceptable, yes. it's perfect. So it might look bad, but God's will is good in yeah. all of this, and he can work all of this for good for those who love him and keep his commandments. Yes. You know, so when I'm looking at a situation, whenever I'm perceiving a situation, I basically, what he's saying here is don't look at it the way the world looks at it, which is through carnal, natural eyes. Yeah. You know, which is through, through, you know, your natural senses. Well, this is what I see. Well, this is what I feel. Like you might be feeling a symptom or something like that. Well, I might feel this way, but I'm not going to think about it the way the world does. Oh man, I better look up WebMD. Oh no, I have like stage four cancer. Yeah. But, you know, like, uh, I'm not going to look at it the way the world does. Yeah. I'm going to look at it through the eyes of God. No, his word, through his word, what he's already said about it, and the reality that he's good, and he's working this out for good, because his will for me is good. You know, yes. his plans for yeah. me are good, plans for welfare, not for calamity. And just meditating on those things. Just change, like, I just have to choose to change the way that I think. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, uh, did you have something to add to that? Well, I was just saying this this mental game is yeah. so important and this mindset is so important for us to recognize 
how we approach this whole topic is how we will live victoriously or in failure. Yeah. How we approach it. And so this yeah. is not something to just throw away. It's yeah. not something to just overlook. It's it's a big, big deal. Yeah, that's the issue I was having. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a big deal. It's not small, you know. And uh, it, because the results and the fruit of it is very large, which is why the Lord talks about it quite often. We have to, and think about this. The word says this, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, what, or they're in captivity for a lack of understanding. What that means is when people don't know what to think on, when they don't know the proper way to think on what should be known, they're destroyed, okay? Because my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. In other words, the right kind of knowledge, this biblical truth doesn't come up to them when they need it because they don't know what that scripture is. They don't know what that promise is. It's not a reality to them. See, it doesn't matter if you can quote scripture. The issue is, can scripture come out of the core of your being and out of your heart because you have revelation on it? And if you think about it, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. That word, word, means a rhema revelation. It's alive to you. It's real to you. So it's not just something you amen. It's something that it has become a part of the fabric of your reality. It yeah. is you. That revelation is you. You know, I am not the sick. I'm the healed of the Lord, you know, uh, with long life. He will satisfy yeah. me, right? Yeah. I will be not just lo live long. I'll be satisfied yeah. in that long life. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus says, "Out of an overflow of the heart, the yeah. mouth speaks." You yes. can tell what people have been meditating on yes. about what's coming out of their mouth. That's why, like when Jesus went uh, to raise Lazarus up, and and Martha and Mary both said yes. the exact same thing. You know, like they ran up to him. If you'd only been here, yeah. our brother would not have died. They both said the exact same things, which means they both have been meditating and dwelling yeah. and thinking about the fact that why didn't he come? If he was here, he wouldn't have died. And they, they were they probably were, talking it back and forth yeah, to each other. They said the same thing. Yeah. And, and you you see Jesus' response to it, like he was yeah. like groaning. He was, why are they meditating on this? They know I'm good. They know yeah. you know they know these things, but they've been meditating on the wrong thing. And like whenever he came up to the second sister and she said the exact same thing, it was like. Where, where is he? <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. he didn't even address it at that point. Show me where he is and let's go and just handle this situation. You right. Know? But like you, the whole situation, though, the way people were talking, like the, I thought Jesus loved him. You know, they were, yeah. they were questioning him. They were doing all these things because they've been meditating. Like the situation seemed like a big situation. Like yeah. th their yeah. brother died. You know, that's a big situation. Yeah. You know, yeah. In, in the natural, you know, um, but you know, Jesus is looking around, hearing the things that they're saying, and, and multiple times it said he groaned deeply in his spirit. Yeah. Because yeah. he's looking, and these are the things that these people are meditating on, questioning him, questioning his goodness. He's like, didn't, don't you know that, like, if yeah. you believe, yeah. like, you'll see the resurrection and, you know, all the conversations. But essentially, you know, they were meditating on the wrong things, and you could see Jesus' reaction to it. And he, he, he fixed it, you know. Yeah. He, he handled yeah. the situation, and he raised Lazarus up. But, uh, but in all of that, they didn't have to worry about it. They just had to trust. Yeah. Well, and so one of the things that you see is the Word gives us specific instructions. But before I, before I go into that, let's, let's just establish this one more time. 
is the mental game a big deal? Yeah. Is yeah. life and death mm -hmm. involved in how we think and yeah. what we think on? Yeah. Absolutely. So if that's a big deal and life and death it, life and death is involved, then we very much need to get on top of that and have it correctly, yeah. all right? So the first thing is understanding that this is not small. It's not a small issue, very big issue. I've watched it sink or rise people to the top because of how they think, how they think, and being mentally strong. Let, let me read this to you. So 2 Timothy 1, 7 for God has not given us spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound and disciplined mind. A sound and disciplined mind. So this is not something we're waiting on. He's already given us the ability to fix this very major item, yeah. right? This major item of how we think. He's already given us, he hath given us yeah. a sound and disciplined mind. Yeah. So it's available. It's out there for every believer. It's yeah. out there. Then you go in 2 Peter 1, 3. He's already granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. A, a mental strength and having been in right mind, when I say that I mean a heavenly and godly mindset, is absolutely crucial yeah. to life and godliness. Yeah. You're not going to be godly if you don't think right. You're not going to have fullness of life if you don't think right and don't have a mental yeah. strength about you. So not only is it important, but God has already granted us the ability to get a hold of that regardless of how you've thought or what the devil's lied to you about that you can't do it, I can't do this anymore, um, I can't think like that, that's just not who I am. All of that is a lie from the devil. It's a yeah. lie from the enemy so that you won't get on top of this so that you won't have victory. But God's already granted us the victory and the keys that we need to have good mental strength. But then we start looking at, okay, what do we think on, you know? Well, we know that we need to know the word. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge of God is the context, yeah. who he is, what his promises are, uh, what is God's character and nature towards us, you know? Uh, what has he already done? What is he doing? What is he going to do? Knowing all of these things gives us a base to pull from when the devil brings in a bad thought and a bad idea, if we don't have that base to pull from because we've not studied the word, then it's going to be difficult to get our thinking right. So we have to, we have to know the scriptures. But then he says this. He gives us these scriptures. Uh, so, for example, in Joshua 1, verse 8, meditate on my law day and night, and then you will make yourself successful and prosperous in all that you do. So you will make, in other words, it's within our control if we will take the mental game seriously and do what God told us to do, right? You And, and he says, I've put success and prosperity in your hands. And one of the major keys of doing that is not just, you know, we have to put action behind what we believe, but one of the major keys is think and meditate on the word. 
think and meditate on the promises of God. Of course, that word also means to murmur or to speak it. So we don't want to just think it all the time. We want to confess those things. I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm, I hate sin. I love righteousness, and I'm anointed. That's why we have those confessions every day. I walk in the full manifestation of our inheritance in Christ. We walk in the full manifestation. of our, We walk in divine health, and we carry an anointing. Yeah. For yeah. supernatural healing, yeah. you know, we are out of debt and we carry a supernatural anointing of abundance in our lives. You know, you get these things in us yeah. so that it's a part of you. It's a revelation. Yeah. And now faith can come mm. to back up that thought. Yeah. Yeah. You go over into um, you go over into Philippians chapter four and it says, think on things that are good, pure, perfect of good report, then it wraps it all up. It encapsulates all of it by saying this, think on things worthy of praise. In other words, if what I'm thinking on doesn't make me lift my hands and praise God, I should stop thinking on it. You know, mm -hmm. I should not meditate on that at all. It needs to be something that makes me praise God. And how many, how many lives could be cleaned up simply by making that change right there, right? Yeah. But then he says in 2 Corinthians 10, and I'll just read it to you, verse 3 through 6. For though we walk, all right, so we see what to think on, things worthy of praise and the word. Things worthy, this, these are commands on what to think on. Yep. Worthy of praise and the word of God, the promises of God, the character and nature of God. Yeah. If we're not thinking on that, we're thinking yeah. on the wrong thing. Yeah. We're thinking on the wrong thing. Well, I've got a problem solved at my work. Do you? Because out of relationship, God can bring you the wisdom that you need. Maybe if you focus and think on more as God is your provider, he'll show you the wisdom to solve that problem. Yeah. He'll bring it to you through the anointing, not through your much study in that way, like your physical and logical, worldly logic study. God will bring you wisdom from heaven. So many times we've relied on what we've been taught here so much that yeah. we haven't relied on what God taught for all time. So then you look at this, and, um, and in looking at our ability, in the fruit of the Spirit, one of them is self-control, right? So we can control our thoughts. That's not out yeah. of our ability. He's given us the ability to everything pertaining to life and godliness. He's given us a strong and disciplined mind. He's given us the ability for self-control. So for us to say, I just can't help, help what I think about, that's not true. You might not can help every thought that comes to you, but you can determine, will I continue to think on this? Will I let it sit? And this is where 2 Corinthians 10 comes in. For though we, verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So God is showing us from, from the get-go of these verses in context, we're about to talk about where the battle is. We're going we're gonna to see where the battle is. Let me ask you this question. Put it, in, put it in there. Have you seen that the battle is in our mind? That's where the battle takes place. Yeah. That's where heaviness is either received by us or transferred to Christ by us, in the mind. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. There's a war. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. And what we see here is the mental mindsets 
can be a fortress for good or a fortress for bad, right? And the world is constantly trying to rewrite who we are, what's easy, what's hard, and create these fortresses in the corruption of the world to get us to think a certain way, that our mind will always, like, no matter what hits us, we will flow a certain way. Mm -hmm. Well, the Bible is also doing that, but it's not towards corruption and death and lack. It's Mm -hmm. towards the blessing of God. And so as we renew our mind, you read the verse earlier in Romans 12, 1 and 2, as we renew our mind to the ways of God, the character of God, the promises of God, the love of God, and the ways of how to do it, like I said at the beginning, what we'll find is what Romans 12, 1 and 2 says. Yeah. You will renew your mind and transform it. And when you get your mind over there, it will prove yeah. God is good. Yeah. His will is good and perfect and acceptable. So in other words, our mindset being renewed is going to slant us towards the blessing of God every time. And so it, it becomes a fortress of God's blessing. Put this in the comments. I'm going to establish a fortress of God's blessing in my mind. Going back here, he says, it, but our weapons against the flesh, in, in context, is there in our mind for the destruction of fortresses. And here's how we're doing it. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. So what it's saying is when you have a thought that is not worthy of praise, that is not the character and nature of God, when you have a thought that is telling you you're not, you're not who God says you are, all right? God says you're this, but this thought comes in and tells me I'm a piece of junk. But God says, you're so valuable, I died for you. I made you the righteousness of God in Christ. In him, we live and move and have our being. All of this, we have the victory in him. And a thought goes, you don't have the victory. You can't do this. You're so, you're so puny in the spirit. You can't do this. You're just weak. You're just whatever, right? That is a thought, and it is what the word says, a speculation and a lofty thing, a thing that's trying to loft itself above the truth of God. And he says, in our mind, We take every bit of that, every lofty thing, raised up against the knowledge of God, and we're taking every thought, not just some of them, every one of those captive to the obedience of Christ. So when we hear those sinful thoughts, those tempting thoughts, those lofty thoughts trying to raise itself, we we say, no, 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 no. We take that thought captive. I will not think that way. I will think this way. I will think what the word says to me. I will think that way. And when we think that way, now we've taken that thought captive. We've taken it off of the throne that it was trying to put itself on. And we're destroying that. And we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever our obedience is complete. So in other words, what we're doing is this. We're saying, look, you lofty thought, you sinful thought, you tempting thought, you thought of you thought that's trying to tell me I'm not worthy when God says that I am. 
You are going to be punished. I am punishing you. I am putting you in your right place. I will not live by you. I will not think on you. I will think on things worthy of praise. I'm not having that in my life. And all of a sudden, we destroy that stronghold. We destroy that fortress that the devil's tried, and we just walk straight through it. And everybody's like, how did you do that? And it's just, I took my thoughts captive. I thought on things worthy of praise. I meditated on the word. Yeah. One thing that um, it, it goes with why I my flesh really didn't want to do this is because I had the I had this like um, and I mean I, I would say it was it was not good. It was not godly. I had this very like docile, docile. How do you say it? Very docile like approach to this. Of I'm just going to take whatever. And in this, you need to have a strength and a confidence to stand up and say, no, I'm not doing that. Yes. I'm not yes. thinking these thoughts because it's it, it like if you just take whatever comes, it, yeah. you're going to lose this. Yes. So, um, That's a great point. You great mentioned point. it a little. And I don't know if there are other people who are thinking like even within this of like having lies come up of, I can't do this. I can't do this properly. Like this is, this is a lot. Cause that's where I was. Yeah. And something you mentioned this morning to me was the connection of the strong mind and a strong will. And I don't know where exactly you're going with the notes or anything, but at some point I wonder if you could talk about that briefly because that yeah. is the backbone to stand up. And to me, that's the backbone to stand up to even do any of this, to have yeah. that strength. Yeah, yeah. Well, our, our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And in order to have a strong will, that basically means I have the willpower to choose a certain thing and to continue choosing it, right? And in order to have a strong will... I have to have a strong thought process that backs up that will. And so when I see that God has given me a, a strong and disciplined mind, that means a mind that disciples itself after God and doesn't waver, right? So in order to have a strong will, you have to have a mind that's not wavering because your will is backed by your thoughts. As a man thinketh, so is he. And so in order to get things done and go through and succeed and not quit, right, and not, not wilt in, that, in those moments, you have to have a strong will. Strong will is not a bad thing. The only time a strong will becomes a bad thing is if you put a strong will towards bad things, you know. Yeah. But if you're putting a strong will towards God things, that is not bad. It's not bad at all. Actually, that's something that I would say we're commanded to do. You know, we have to take our thoughts captive and stand strong in them and have a strong will to see those things done, right? Yeah. So they just, they go hand in hand. It's kind of like if you have one, you'll have the other. So we can't, we can't say, yeah, I want to have a strong mind, but, you know, I don't really want to be a strong-willed person because I look at that bad or somebody's told me that was bad or whatever. We can't, we can't do that because they go hand You can't have a strong, strong mind and a, and a weak will. You know, you have to have both. If you have a strong mind, you're going to have a, a strong will. If you, and so when he tells us in Timothy, I've given you a strong and disciplined mind, a sound and disciplined mind, 
He's telling you, I've given you what you need to be a strong mind and strong willed, you know, and go through, get these things done. You know, think about this. And having done all, stand. You know, I've done everything, but I'm just going to keep standing. That's your will, but you don't have a strong will to stand. If I'm not thinking, I'm going to stand. I ain't backing down. I'm never giving up. I won't let go. I'm going to be like a bulldog and I'm holding on and you can't get me to let go of God's promises. You can't do it. So in order to have that strong will, and, and that's a passion for the things of the Lord that more people need to allow to be let out. And that's where at the beginning of the broadcast, I said, when you get into this, politically correct thinking, which I believe wholeheartedly, and by the word, is one of the most evil concepts that's ever hit this nation, ever. And I'm, I mean that wholeheartedly, because when you go into that politically correct thing, you can't be passionate about anything. You can't be a fan of anything, because if you're a passionate about something, you're going you're gonna to offend somebody. And then in order to be politically correct, you got to be middle of the road. So you've got nobody that believes anything anymore. And if they're not believing, they're not going to stand for something. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what the devil wants people to do is be so middle of the road. What, what else do we call middle of the road? What else do we call a middle temperature of things? Mm -hmm. Lukewarm. Yeah. Now we're doing the devil's bidding, right? We're conforming to we're, patterns. We're conforming to that pattern of the world instead of transforming our mind. That's a great connection. So we must have this strong will, and we must have a strong mind. Like even with, and, and you can see how we apply this in Isaiah, uh, is it 60 or 61, uh, where it talks about, I put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And, you know, the spirit of heaviness that tries to come and sink you that spirit is not, you know, proving that you are bad. That spirit is trying to get you to conform to its thinking. And the way to combat its thinking is to say, I feel I have felt heaviness on me. But in the name of Jesus, I take off that garment of heaviness and I put on praise on purpose, especially when I don't feel like it in the name of Jesus and just start praising and everything. You, you had a great moment a few months ago where you, were, you felt that spirit of heaviness on you. And I said, and this is what I said, and, and you can tell them what happened, but I said, what is your favorite worship song? And you told me what that song is. Oh, I praise. Said, it was like, What's your favorite like, praise? You're yeah. like, and don't tell me a slow song. Give yeah. me a fast song. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't give me something that draws you into a soulish emotion, right? A lot of worship songs, a lot of so-called Christian worship songs, all it's all soulish, worldly soulish, like making you feel something, but it's not actually spiritual or, or, or biblical. So a lot of those songs will be those slow songs in that way. But he said, put on a garment of praise. So I said, tell me the favorite praise song, and don't you tell me a slow one. <laughs> you know? And I said, give me what's your favorite one. You told me that song. I said, put it on the put it on the TV right now and turn the volume up loud. And when it comes on, I want you to start praising. I, I want you to jump around the house and start praising, do whatever it is. And you were like, I mean, you were laughing like you're laughing now because you're like, why? Because this seems crazy. 
This seems so, I don't feel like it. I don't want to do it. What was I doing? I was teaching you how to change your mindset to something worthy of praise. You did it. Like you, you yielded to me <laughs> and the word of God, because that's very, what the word of God says. Very reluctantly. <laughs> but you did it, but even it. though you didn't feel like it. And what happened? And yeah, the spirit of heaviness left. I was in joy and I was happy and I overcame. I was free from that. Yeah. And um, like I, I was, I was like not happy because you're literally saying, okay. You're, I know your flesh is uncomfortable right now, but I want you to sing and praise, and I'm right here. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, like, I was like, this is such a weird environment right now. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this right now. Yep. I want to just go in the corner and hide. Like, I definitely don't want to do this. Like, it was so uncomfortable for me. and For your flesh. For my flesh. It yeah. was so uncomfortable for my flesh, but... The principle was there, and, yeah. and and I needed to overcome that. And even though my flesh, and that was the thing, my flesh didn't want to do it. Even yeah. if I was by myself, my flesh didn't want to yeah. do it. But you're you're helping bring that accountability of do it. Yeah. But um, yeah, for sure, I I was I was my flesh was so uncomfortable. But even in that, the spiritual the spiritual um, principles applied and it worked that's right even though you didn't feel it even though you didn't want to even though your flesh was screaming at you and then the reason why i corrected you i said because you said you didn't want to do it. i said no your flesh didn't want to do it the real you if you're born again that spirit man it wants to do the righteous spirit wants to do what god said and so as you did that your spirit man out of your spirit man produced a praise yeah and it at Whereas at the beginning, you feel like it's fake and hypocritical because you didn't feel like it, but it really wasn't hypocritical because your spirit man was made to do that. Yeah. And out of your spirit came the the manifestation of joy and praise you didn't even know was in you because you couldn't feel it at that moment. And yeah. that's where when we ha- know the right things to do and we have that that mindset right to do those things, when we have yeah. that mind, that strong mind to discipline ourselves to do those things, that strong mind and strong will can override our feelings yeah. and take us into the yeah. victory. And that's what you yeah. experience. And I with think. no will, I would have been just sitting down in the corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have enacted Correct. it. Correct, yeah. And in that moment, you were learning and growing in these things like all of us are. And so I just, you know, you really pulled on my will and my strong will in that moment. And as a pastor and as a shepherd, I just said, here, do this. And because you submitted and trusted me, you watched the glory of God come through in that moment. But it wasn't really your will in effect in that moment. It was mine. But what I was teaching you is that you can put on that same will and have that same mindset and that's what I will do, you know. Yeah. Um, when we, a few months ago, when um, the dog got hit and just plastered by a car, and she was dying, you know, and um, we went inside and we took our thoughts captive and we started putting on praise uh, because I just preached, you know, the storm is there to get your eyes off of Jesus. That's why the storm's there, yeah. to, to get you to look at it. And so the storm had landed in our yard with the dog getting hit Noel getting hit, 
And uh, I'm like, I don't, like, in all logic, she's not going to make it. Yeah. You know, she's not going to make it. But we had just preached that, and we said, we're setting our mind on things above. We're setting our eyes on him. We're setting our thoughts on him. We're going to put on praise. And so we went inside for 30 minutes. The first 15 minutes was very difficult for everybody because, and we even talked about it, because all we were... We were trying not to think about it, but but it was so pressing and so prevalent in that moment. The thought was, is she going to make it? So the, for the first 50 minutes, it was like that, and we were having to overcome. We were taking those thoughts captive. The second 15 minutes, we really got into praise, and that praise come on, the heaviness lifted. I went to open the door after 30 minutes, and I called her, and she walked up the steps herself, came in, her body started healing. I mean, just like miraculous. And I, I can't tell you how many people have seen uh, seen her now and, like, mm-hmm. and just been like, praise God. That's not the same dog. And honestly, I think she's faster today than she was before <laughs> she got hit. She is so fast. And uh, not an issue, not a problem. Yeah. Just It's beautiful, yeah. you know, it, just it beautiful. Seemed, in that moment, though, I was there. Yeah. It seemed uh, almost like like not kind to we we literally took our eyes off of her so she just got hit she's not doing well she's on the lawn and you said let's go inside and and praise yes and let's take our mind off of it and just praise the lord because he's good yeah he's gonna he's gonna help us no matter what happens you know and it, like even physically, we literally took our eyes off of her yes. as the problem is occurring, and that is what brought the solution. That's right. And it seemed That's the best right. thing to do is, oh, let's just hold her and stay with her and stuff. Yeah. But set we, our mind on the problem. That it, seemed like yeah. it. it seemed it seems in the flesh irresponsible. Yeah. It seems like you don't care, but actually. The most responsible thing and the and the most love that we could show to her was to set our eyes on God. Yeah. That's what we needed to do. That's what saved her. Yeah. Yes. What I say. Yes. Which is fix your mind on Not what you feel necessarily. Yeah. And well, one of the things, not to add another you know, concept to it, but like one of the things I was sticking out when just sharing with your thing and um, with, you know, how pastor encouraged you and how you encouraged your family, you know, in that it's good to surround yourself with people who have strong minds. Yes. Um, yes. So that they can help us go up, you know, yes. follow those who through faith and patience have inherited. That's you know, right. That's um, right. When you surround yourself with those people, they'll challenge you to go up. They'll help lift yeah. you up. But, uh, and you know, a lot of times what people will do is they'll like, they'll surround themselves with people who have similar weak minds. Yeah. You know, like let's say I'm dealing with something, uh, in my mind, what anxiety, depression, uh, you know, any of those things. Huge you know, point. A lot of people will surround themselves with people who are struggling with the exact same things. And all that really does is it kind of feeds it because we're all sharing in the struggle rather than helping each other go up. Yes. You know, and yes. what you need is you need a strong person to pull you up out of the water. You know, like, yes. like yeah. Peter needed Jesus to pull him up out of the water. When yeah. we surround ourselves with those people, they'll help build us up and lift us up. Yeah. Um, there is a very big deception in our world, and see, this again is a deception that the devil brings us. I need to surround myself with people that understand my grief. Mm-hmm. No, you need to surround yourself with yeah. people that understand how to move from grief to comfort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, 
It, and that's a deception. The reason is because if, if he can keep everybody in that group constantly meditating on grief, what yeah. they're not con- constantly meditating on is the comfort mm-hmm. of the promise of comfort through Jesus Christ. He said, yeah. blessed are all those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. In other yeah. words, if they just stay in the thinking about mourning, but never start meditating on God's comforting me, God, mm-hmm. is, God yeah. is going to heal this completely in my mm-hmm. heart then they're missing that boat, yeah. right? And that's the mental game that I'm talking about. Yeah. That, Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Go ahead. So you have, um, as you were talking, there was an example that kept coming up to me, and I was like, this is weird and kind of personal, so I'm good. But then as soon as you mentioned the will of God, I saw like how it could connect. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not going to be lengthy, but for those of you who don't know, I am pregnant and I'm going to be having our baby next month is the projected date. And so birth is one of those things where I had a fear in me for years and years and years. And I knew as soon, like before George and I got pregnant, but as soon as we got pregnant, that that needed to be gone. Like that I couldn't tolerate that. And as I have been getting closer to when our baby's coming, I haven't been reading everything or researching, but there are some a couple things the Lord's told me to look at and, and take in. And what I've discovered is that for most women in birth, there's a certain point where they quit. Like, they'll, they'll be like, I want to do it this way. I can do this like I can And then there's a certain point where most women just panic comes on and fear comes on and I can't do this happens. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it does not look good. And that's what I'd always heard was that that's very normal. But what I, what the Lord's been showing me, even through different books is there's a physical reaction that takes place when fear and not taking your thoughts captive yeah. comes in. Yeah. Like there's an actual hormone called cortisol that is released when fear and not taking your thoughts captive come in. And what that yeah. does mm-hmm. is it in heightens everything that's happening. So it could feel like this. And then because of the cortisol that's pumping through your body, yeah. something that ordinarily you wouldn't like, it wouldn't crush you all of a sudden is like, I can't do this. It's awful. So what they encourage you to do if those things were to happen, and this is just in the world, what they'll encourage you to do is focus on what's coming. Think about your baby. Think about the promise that's literally about to manifest right now in front of you. And what thinking on the promise does is it will release a hormone called oxytocin. And the oxytocin combats the cortisol in your body and it reduces it and instead yeah. releases a joy. And a, like it's literally called the joy, the joy hormone, the happy hormone, because it combats mm-hmm. it. And so as pastors talking about the will of God, you may not be like physically pregnant, but we're told in Hebrews 12 to fix our eyes on, yeah. on Jesus. Yeah. Like literally yeah. Hebrews 12, uh, 2 says... Well, one into two. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of faith, 
who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. When we keep in front of us the promises that we have, the fact that Jesus is our end goal, like we get to be with him all of the time. And if he endured, so can I. Then in those moments where the stuff comes and the weight comes and the fear tries to come and whatever, no, we have an actual like agent within us. And when we will (coughs) just physically scientifically when we will do what the bible says there's a physical reaction that happens on the inside of us that says no this is trying to be in you but this is a stronger hormone that exists and i'm going to override it it's the same way spiritually fear tries to come there's a stronger spirit and the spirit that stronger dominates the spirit of joy the spirit of hope the spirit of love the spirit of peace it dominates that spirit of fear so just because it comes you have within you the spirit that raised god from the dead what can that other anti-christ spirit do to you god's living on the inside of you you've already won yeah. So as, as you're talking, that's just what comes up to me. It's keep, I don't know what's happening. I'm not moving. But keep our eyes fixed on him. And that promise is what will get us through to the other side. He, he will. But that promise, yeah. it keeps us going. I can do this. This yeah. is before me. I'm going to lay hold of it. I'm not going to get whipped down. Yeah. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Well, today we hope that it's been a blessing to you and taking that your mental game and taking it up a notch, going to the strength that God has given you and letting the power of God bring your mindset to a strong place, bring your will to a strong place, going to that place where God is always leading you to triumph. I mean, even in thinking about that verse in 2 Corinthians 2.14, but thanks be unto God who is always leading us to triumph in Christ, right? He's always leading us to triumph in Christ. How can he do that? How can he always lead us to triumph in Christ and then us be worried about it? If we'll just do it his way, but a part of his way of doing that is taking thoughts captive. It's taking Mm -hmm. that mental game Mm -hmm. captive. And so we hope that that's been a blessing to you and we just praise God for you. And we just want to pray right now. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, let every person, every person, Lord, that's hearing this, Lord, in the name of Jesus, every weak mental process that has been there, let it be strengthened now in Jesus' name by your strength. Let the strength of mind Rise up in every person that's here in this. Let them not fall victim to all of these weak-minded tricks and traps of the enemy. Not fall victim to fear. Not fall victim to a false identity that they actually have a great identity in Christ. Let them not fall victim to all of these emotions and all of the uh, temptations and all of the sins and all of the fears that can come on through this world. But Lord, let them move to your glory, move to your victory, and move to the past of mental strength putting on the praise of God, taking every thought captive and walking from victory to victory to victory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory to God. And so one of the things you will see, and even with what Barrett said is, 
You know, God knows what he's talking about. And when he tells us to think on things that are good, think on things that are praise, praise think on the promise. You think about it, it releases joy. Yeah. It releases joy. Uh, and uh, in our Bible reading, you know, we recently crossed uh, Psalms chapter 2, and it says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. You know what he's laughing at? All the enemies of God are trying to come up with some stuff to, to be evil, and God's like, he scoffs at them. He sits up in the heavens, laughs, and scoffs at them. He's like, <laughs> you know, basically, <laughs> your, your attempts are so futile. Your attempts are so crazy and so yeah. stupid. I don't even know why you're trying. I'm laughing at you. I'm scoffing at you. Like, and, and see, so part of our flesh kind of has a problem with that thinking because we've been taught, like, well, we just need to be, you know, we just <clears throat> need to be politically correct. Well, you don't be politically correct to the devil. Yeah. The devil deserves no political correctness. And people don't deserve political correctness. They deserve the love of God and the gentleness of Christ. But the devil deserves to be laughed at. He deserves yeah. to be scoffed. Yeah. Take on God. Be like him. Stand up against him. Don't just take it on, on the cheek from the devil. If a person made in the image and likeness of God, that's who he says turn the other cheek to so that you can show love to the person. But we don't show that to the devil. The devil has made his choice. He's an enemy. He's a thief. He's a murderer. He's mm -hmm. a destroyer. He's made his choice. You don't put up with it with him. And I think that's one of the deceptions is like, well, I just it's okay to think this way. No, it's not. You, are, you would not let a mass murderer come in and sit down at the dinner table with you and your family because you know in his mind is nothing but wicked treachery and bloodlust murder. That's who he is. But I want you to know that the greatest murderer and mass murderer of all times, if it can be great, the worst of the worst was not the ones found in man. It was the devil who only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the one that initiated and prompted it all. And so when the devil's thoughts, no matter how small they are, come into your mind and try to come into your life, you have to recognize it for what it is. This is a mass murderer trying to come in and sit down and have a conversation with my mind you are not allowed here in Jesus' name. I will not take your thoughts. I will, I will stand on the word. I will receive the word. I am a child of God, made in his image and likeness. The things I believe and say, they shall be done according to his word. I'm the healed of the Lord. With long life, I am satisfied. He is my provision. He is my restore. He is my deliverer. He is my strong tower. He is my protection. He is my fortress, and in him I am kept. No evil will befall me. Every fiery dart will be quenched. Every plan of the enemy will come to nothing. Get out of my thoughts. Get out of my house. Get out of my life. I'm not playing with you in the name of Jesus. When we take that, see... This kind of stuff's got to be in you. It can't just be theory. It's got to be in you. And get around people that understand that and that walk in it. Amen. <laughs> we love you. And if you would like to sow today, you're welcome to. Go to giveww.org. You can give Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, text to give, cryptocurrency, give one time, or give on a recurring basis. 
Uh, you don't have to. We sow this into the world to help to help bring the blessings of God to everybody. If you'd like to be a part uh, with us, we give you that opportunity. We make it easy for the people that want to do that. But you don't have to. It is not required. It is, do not give under compulsion. The way to give is, Lord, I have a heart to give to you. What do you want me to give? And when he speaks to you, do that. Be obedient to him. And so right now, we just want to bless it. And so... Father, in the name of Jesus, let it be blessed. Press down, running over. Press down, shaking together. Running over shall men give to you. Let it be multiplied exponentially in this time. Lord, let it be multiplied quickly and supernaturally massive in the name of Jesus. This is, Lord, this is our year of multiplied increase, and we receive it. Not just increase, Lord, but multiplied increase and we receive it today. Amen. Amen. Glory mm -hmm. to God. We love you so very much. Share the broadcast. Hit the like button. Subscribe. And hit the notification bell. Get notified when we go live. We love you. We'll see you later. And here's Abigail. Hey, guys. We have a few quick announcements for you. Today, Lead 22 is starting. We're getting ready to head there now. It is from today until Saturday. So make sure to register. This is a leadership conference for everyone. Everyone is called to be a leader in some way, shape, or form. So we ask that if you can make it, come out here. Come out here and register. Just scan this QR code and you can register. It's going to be awesome, and we would love to see you there. And also, super exciting news is Kickstart is so, so soon. Starting on Monday, February 7th through Friday the 11th, every night at 6.30 p.m., we will be having Kickstart 22 with Brother Tracy Harris and Pastor Brian. It is going to be amazing. You can scan that QR code or go to bclife.org slash ks to register for free today. And we would love, love to see you there. And... That's all I have for you. We'll see you later. Bye. I said 2022 will be a year. Lifelong dreams will come true. You're the healed of the Lord. You're the prosperous. You're the whole. You're the restored. You're the holy. You're the anointed. Long-standing faith projects are about to get pitted suddenly by unusual heart. Oh, it's cold. You're coming up right now. You're coming up right now. You're coming up! Wow. 2022. Do your dreams will come true.